Well, this morning we conclude our deeply rooted series on deepening our spirituality. Over the past few weeks, uh, we have used this tree image back here. If you notice, it's got fruit on it now. To describe how we begin first with the seed of self-knowledge and the knowledge of God, grasping the reality that while we are not perfect, yet God loves us and all of his creation completely. Then as we dwell in that reality, we come to better understand our feelings and our motivations, which allow our roots to deepen and love and compassion to grow within us. Along the way, we have companions on this journey who help us to learn humility, patience, perseverance, and courage. Our trunk widens, our branches stretch out, and finally we discern where we are called into action, where we can be used by God to bear good fruit. Or as John 15:16 says, fruit that will last. So today we are going to briefly focus on action. The word spirituality has become popular to describe those attitudes, beliefs, and practices that animate people's lives and help them to reach out towards supernatural realities. There are several types of spirituality out there, but today we are talking about uh, Christian spirituality in particular. The Westminster Dictionary of scripture, excuse me, of Christian spirituality notes that Christian spirituality is not simply for the interior life, you know, what's going on inside of you or the inward person, that part that maybe you don't even let other people know about, but as much for the body as the soul and is directed to the implementation of both the commandments of Christ to love God and love our neighbors. Or as James says, faith without works is dead. However, action in and of itself is not necessarily fruitful. Um, I can stand up here and do this. This is an action. For those of you who can't see on this side. Now, unless you just had elbow surgery, and this is part of your rehab, this is an action, but it really isn't all that fruitful. Um, I'm sure all of you um, can think of something that you do every day that is an action, uh, but it is not bearing much fruit, or at least not fruit that lasts. We have a lot of distractions, things that we do just because we do them, but they really don't bear much fruit, and really not fruit that lasts. So a couple of questions come to mind as we think about taking action as Christians. First, what types of actions in general should a follower of Christ take? And then secondly, how do I know which action is best for me in particular? So let's start here with this first question. Our scripture today speaks to this. Wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And in Galatians, we are given a description of the fruit of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
our actions as Christians should have these qualities too. And when our actions involve speech like they sometimes do, a quick way to see if we're really speaking um, the language that we should be speaking as a Christian is if you cannot imagine the words that you're thinking to say or just said ever being comfortable on the lips of Jesus, then they probably shouldn't be comfortable on yours either. And then the answer to the second question, it's a little bit tougher. Um, We often struggle to know what we are called to do. And this is where this spirituality and action intersect. Because if we have grasped firmly onto God's steadfast love for us, and know that that love extends not just to us, but to all those who God has created, then we begin to discern, to figure out what action that we should take as a people of faith. Discernment, though, requires a few things. And these are not the easiest of things for us. First, it requires us to be intentional, to spend focused time with God. Now, I realize that it's hard sometimes uh, to quiet ourselves or find a place where we can just connect with God. And so I'm just going to share a little bit about how I kind of do it. Um, You know, at my house, I stay up late. My wife used to stay up late, and when we got married, she converted me over to staying staying up late, but she gets up earlier than I do, so she still goes to bed earlier, but I'm still awake. So a lot of times, I'll lay down, and, and she'll fall asleep, and as soon as she starts snoring, then... I just kind of weasel my way out of bed, and I'll go downstairs and spend a little bit of quiet time. Especially when I'm going through a time um, where I'm not sure exactly what God wants me to be doing, where I'm trying to figure this out. And so I spend that time, and I ask God, I say, God, help me to figure out, you know, what is it you want me to do right now? You know, where do you want me to invest my time and my energy? You know, what things should I be, you know, paying attention to. And then I do something that's even harder for us. I'm silent. I just say that little thing I ask and then I be quiet and I'm just quiet. I usually ask it out loud. um, And I tell people sometimes it's, it's good to pray out loud because sometimes when we pray out loud, we realize what we're praying for is kind of ridiculous. And then other times um, we need to say it. So we believe it. Because uh, otherwise, if it's just inside of us, sometimes we don't, we're not sure and we, we get easily distracted and we hide behind things that keep us from maybe figuring out what God really is calling us to. So you got to be quiet. And I know it's hard because like in here, when we have silent prayer, it literally is 15 seconds. And some of you are already squirming around. If we would extend it to 30, you'd be, oh, <clears throat> all getting antsy and if we extended it to a minute some of you would leave because you would thought we fell asleep or the service got over or something you didn't know what was going on so i know it's hard but then i just listen and now i wish i could tell you um (laughs) that the answer just comes you know like a burning bush and god speaks to me um i've never been so lucky uh for those of you who You ask things of God, and God makes them readily apparent. God bless you, and I'm glad. Um, Because I do believe there are probably people that are like that. But maybe I'm a tougher nut to crack or something for God, but I don't pay good enough attention. 
but it takes me a little while. So I don't get discouraged by that, though. I just say, okay. And then I get up every morning and I pray at the beginning of the day for God to tune me into those things uh, and those people around me and help me to see. Because that's usually my problem. It's that I'm missing out on um, the connecting of dots that God does for us in life. You know, we can deceive ourselves into thinking when we run encounter someone um, that it's just happenstance, but maybe it's something more. Maybe God has put that person in our life to help us in this discernment process of how we're supposed to act. Or maybe today, even though you've driven down this street to work every day for years, you notice something that you never noticed before. Or there's a word on a billboard that you never again noticed before that pops out and then you see it on the news and you see it here and you see it there and you're like, God can just be so relentless sometimes. But if we pay attention, I believe that eventually it becomes clear what we should do. And I, and I know this is always a temptation is that we want the perfect thing. Well, we're going to be doing God's work, so we've got to wait until it's just the right thing. You know, till we're old enough. See, you're young enough, but that really doesn't work because you can't back up the clock. You know, I'm old enough. I got the money. I got the time. Um, Whatever it is that are kind of our excuses that, that we put in the way, you know, don't allow waiting for some perfect fit to stop you from acting. Because if you wait, you may wait your whole life. And then you deprive others of what you have to offer because we all have gifts that God has given us and he wants us to give them away, to give them in service to him and to his people who he loves. And if you keep them, you deprive others of that gift. And then you also miss out on the joy of uniting yourself completely with God and his work in the world and with those who are your neighbors. And I know sometimes what God wants us to do is not something that we feel capable of doing or qualified to do, but in doing it, it's amazing how quickly you will realize why God has put you on that path. John 15, 16, the rest of that verse says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. So you're not alone in this. You know, God gives us people that help us connect the dots. People who, when we just take the, the step of offering up what we feel God may be calling us to and say, what do you think about this? Ask a friend. Ask somebody here at church. Ask a pastor. Ask whoever. Ask your kids. Ask your spouse. And say, what do you think about this? Um, and then just float it out there and just let God connect the dots and show you how maybe if you ask it, God will provide all that you need to make it happen. Because I do not believe God calls us to anything that God will not equip us for. 
So you are not alone in this, and you can trust that the one who calls you will be there to help you as you act in his name. Amen.